Hey, Scott. So you know that uh, that Transformers movie you were you wanting to make and you've got all the money in the world to make? Yeah, and I'm totally on board with cool. it. Cool. So I've lined up an all-star cast for you. Are you Fantastic. ready for it? Fantastic. Tell I me. i got the biggest names in Hollywood. Yes. Like General Motors. Uh, what? eBay. Huh? Mountain Dew. Wait. Dell Computers. Um. Burger King. Please stop. I United have... United States Armed Forces. Oh, God. I have some notes. Welcome, everybody, to I Have Some Notes. This is the movie podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV Financial, that takes mediocre movies, or in this case, terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible movies, and tries to make them better. I'm sweating already, and it's not because it's a little toasty here in I Have Some Notes Studios, because this is going to be heavy, heavy lifting. My name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Greg Beaver. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. The movie we're doing uh, today for you, friends, the movie we're going to try to fix is the 2007 I'm going to call this air quotes, science fiction, end quote, air quotes, uh, movie, probably a long time coming. This is Transformers. One, well, first live action Transformers movie. Yeah. Uh, this is the two, yeah, 2007. This is uh, the um, executive produced by Steven Spielberg, directed by Michael Bay, starring all of your favorites like Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Uh, and Megan Fox, and Tyrese Gibson, and uh, for some reason, John Turturro, and John Voight. And oh, goodness gracious, you've all seen this movie. I think we've all seen this movie. Um, this movie uh, went on to make $700 million at the box office and spawned how many sequels? Five? Five or Too six? Too many. Too <laughs> many. Uh, before we get into this, let's just throw into the probably very spectacular Transformers trailer. Got a little surprise for you, son. No, 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 Dad! Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, I am. You're not getting a Porsche. <laughs> Let me tell you something, son. A driver don't pick the cars. Mm-mm. Cars pick the driver. It's a mystical bond between man and machine. We're under attack! We're facing war against a technological civilization far superior to our own. Our enemy can take any shape. They could be anywhere. A robot, you know, like a super advanced robot. It's probably Japanese. Sam Witwicky is a hyperactive high school senior whose mind is occupied by the belief that money plus car equals women and not much else. He's trying to sell his great grandfather's old timey glasses to earn enough money for said car, but what he doesn't know is that those glasses contain a secret message from a space robot Sam's granddaddy found in the Arctic that contains the location of a big cube that radiates a special power that turns Nokia phones into angry killing machines. Jeez. This is complicated. When do the robots start punching? The 60-minute mark! Okay, well, then big robots show up who call themselves Autobots and Decepticons. A bunch of loud, obnoxious things happen. And in the end, we learn the military is awesome, and we should enlist right now. I feel like if you read that uh, that summary, you save yourselves two 
two and a half hours of your life. Yeah, this movie is way too long. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I remember uh, before Transformers came out when they when they were just talking about like we're going to do a live action Transformers movie and Steven Spielberg is going to produce and Steven Spielberg said he talked to Michael Bay and that he pitched the movie as it's the story of a boy and his first car and I was like nope <laughs> that is not what transformers is and it seemed like everything just went downhill from there i mean this this movie is just obnoxious personified yep i mean and i and i feel like a good deal of our notes are going to going to be grappling with uh the special effects the way that it's shot the way that it's written, the way each and every <laughs> character are, are totally in, uh, uh, irritating to the point where you just want to shut it off. I'm not I'm, for the most part. Yeah, I'm not seeing any shaking of the heads there. Here's the thing: we've we've talked about Transformers on this podcast before. It's one of our go-to examples for things like bad CGI, yeah. and over direction, yeah, and like really go back to some of our previous episodes and you'll get a pretty good feel for how this one's going to go, I think. <laughs> Spoiler alert, none of us were really looking forward to seeing this film. I feel like uh, in the way, I feel, I feel like we're becoming old men on this podcast. I'm feeling like, oh, I remember when we did Suicide Squad and all these other movies. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like two things. Number one, I feel like this may have been the worst movie we've ever done. And I said this recently about Spider-Man 3, <laughs> which now looks like like um, Shawshank Redemption <laughs> compared to this one. But I also kind of feel like, and this is where I'm going to tap into your guys' like your movie brains. Do you think, like, did Transformers kind of like set the stage for like a bunch of the like action and also superhero movies to follow it where the, the third act is in a city getting mangled by a big punch up? There's a heavy, like, armed forces element in it. So what you're basically saying is that you're trying to draw a direct A to B connection between Transformers and Man of Steel. Man of, well, not just Man of Steel, but, like, like, like I would even throw, throw like, yeah, a lot, a lot of the superhero movies, like the Marvel movies in there. Like, like if Avengers, it's, you know, it's the, the third act is in New York getting smashed up. You know, Iron Man. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering where did this movie kind of set the stage for... Obviously, Iron Man or, or, or Man of Steel is obviously the, the first comparison that came on. But the more I thought about it, the more I kept thinking, like, yeah, there's a lot of movies that just sort of kind of like look and feel like, is this the, the granddaddy of them? And, then, and I'm not sure if, we, if that's an answer for today or maybe you, the listener, can, can chime in and say, no, actually, this would be the, the direct through line from that. But Yeah, well, I'm sure that, um, that uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds of this. A, it could be it could be something that got started with Independence Day, which was um, the movie that really kicked off like the monuments getting destroyed and, yeah. and the and the symbols of uh, American exceptionalism being destroyed. Um, um, but it also could be a reaction to um, 9/11. Um, often things that happen in real life and end up in in culture, and that was a really horrifying thing. So so when you're thinking of like uh, a horror, you know, uh, 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 stakes in your movie. You you pick something that's in everybody's brain, which is huge buildings getting toppled over. Yeah. So it may be, it may be a result of that as well. Yeah. I guess I'm. I guess I'm trying to find like, I'm trying to find some positives and maybe like in this movie where it's sort of, you know, it set the stage for these for some other things because, uh, but I'm also like careful to consider that like, 
the source material isn't exactly like Shakespeare here. It's Transformers. It's, it's yeah. robots shooting other robots with lasers, which are suddenly absent in this movie because they go to missiles and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I guess the I guess you know we're going to talk about what's bad about this movie. Uh, what do we think? Can 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 we spend a little bit of time because it's going to be brief? <laughs> what did we like about this movie? Oh boy, the, yeah, that will be that will be a challenge, I think. There uh, were one or two good jokes, like one or two, where I was legitimately like, yeah, okay, that was kind of witty. Yeah. Like Sam's dad driving him to the Porsche dealership as a psych before taking him to the used car dealership. I was like, that's a pretty good prank to pull on your son. Like, that's that's total dad razzing his son material. Yeah. The the scene with... Um, <laughs> I like how this has just become uh, like a scene. Yeah, there's a scene with... Um, Sorry, Anthony Anderson? Anthony, Anthony Anderson, Anderson um, where he's in. The, they're in the uh, in the FBI lockup or oh, interview the, room. The whole place? Yeah, and he and he does this whole thing where he's he's, he's eating the donuts because if you eat the donuts, it shows that you have no guilt or whatever. And that whole scene was it was pretty funny. I thought, um, and then it got irritating like everything else does. But like, yeah, so that's that's one thing that I can kind of pick out that was kind of okay. Also, you know what? Actually, the the visual of of um, uh, Sam Witwicky's great grandfather finding Megatron in the ice. I thought that visual was cool. Um, I'm actually going to revise my earlier answer. I don't mind the relationship between Sam and his parents in this movie. I I have strong issues with Sam as a character. <laughs> but the the actual family relationship feels really lived in and authentic, and I'll grant that. Yeah. The, the relationship between Sam and his parents was, I felt, kind of realistic. It turned up to 11, as it would be in a Michael Bay movie, but still it felt grounded and it felt like something that I, I could realistically see in real life. Yeah. I, <laughs> it, it, again, it's like one of those things where like, okay, this kind of works, and then, and then, and then they obnoxious. go too far with it, where yeah. when, uh, when his mom starts asking if he was masturbating in front of, uh, his, uh, in front of Michaela. Now, to be fair, she did not know that Megan Fox was hiding underneath some I, jackets in the corner. I know, but it was just like, it, it, just, it was a comedy beat that just felt too forced for me. But here's what you need to remember, is that the movie goes out of its way time and again to emasculate Sam as often and as painful mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. And so that was just another way to emasculate him. Yeah, well, like when he loses someone. his pants in a robot fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, at every turn, this movie this movie really hates Sam Witwicky. I yeah. want to make that very clear. As much as people uh, talk about how much Michael Bay has issues with their, his portrayal of women, he really hates Sam Witwicky more than anyone else in this <laughs> film. And it comes through. Sorry, we've moved into stuff that. Oh we no, don't no, like that's fine. No, like no, because <laughs> the positive stuff we just segued <laughs> just, right out. For the for the record, we did say a couple positive things in there. They were there. It's documented. Yeah, and I guess that kind of makes me think because I uh, I feel like I I kind of like Sam. I kind of like Michaela. I like I like the parents, even though like Sam and his parents. Yeah, they're dialed up to like they're all on way too much espresso, but they're all but they all play off each other really, really, really well, and it's and no one seems out of place in those in those. Um, yeah. So and Shia LaBeouf is a real natural. Actor. I I think he does really well in this. Yeah. I feel like and I I'm, I'm kind of I was I've thinking about it on the drive over to I have some note studios and I'm like if they would have put someone else in there who doesn't just have the same sort of manic energy right like if it was someone sort of just a little more laid back mm-hmm. like would this have worked as well like he has this sort of like like 
he his his acting and his kind of energy has to keep up with what's going on around him because everything's going on around him. Yeah. Um. So and it's and and it's and it's almost like he sort of he really I find like he really sells what's happening around him because and I feel like this is two thousand seven right so this is this isn't the dawn of CGI but I mean I feel like this is still sort of like um you know uh, a point where they're sort of like they're really cranking it up to see what we can do with this stuff yeah. right so. Um, and I think, and I think, and I, I kind of saw a note, and I, I can't remember if I saw it, but I feel like there were actually, obviously, the robots were CGI and everything, but I think they actually spent a lot of time, from what I gather, they did a lot of stuff like a lot of practical effects that they would just sort of insert the robots afterwards, so, like the explosions and stuff were all filmed and real. Um, Bay used his own crew, and they filmed it all in the United States because he needed to know what to do. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like the cast does a pretty good job of sort of. I mean the core cast. There's the, there's buckets of other characters we can there's just get rid too of. Too much this movie. cast. <laughs> yeah, there's way too much of a cast in here. So let's just start diving into the cuts because that's where we want to be. That is the meat on the bone. I, d- I did want to say before we get into there that I purposefully invited some friends over to watch the film with me because I didn't want it to be as miserable as an experience as Spider-Man Three, which I did watch by myself, Oy. and it was bad. Um, and one of my friends afterwards was sarcastically thanking me because he he remembered the Transformers movie as not being that good. Yeah. But he didn't remember it being as bad as it was. And he was like, "Wow, I that disabused me of that illusion." Yeah. Like rewatching it really made me realize yeah, how bad. Yeah, and I think was. as you'll see in some of the the listener comments we got, there were a few that were like, "Oh, it wasn't this was one of the better ones or whatever." Yeah, when right? you when you take it in comparison to the other ones, sure. It's absolutely better. No question. Yeah, that doesn't make it good. No, <laughs> I will. I will say this: the one thing I, I uh, one thing, one pause I will say about this movie is that I wonder if it was a lot of fun to be on this movie because the plot doesn't make sense. There really is no plot to do. They're really just concerned about shiny things and explosions and stuff like that. But like, just to put all they they put a lot of work into something that is very very terrible, and I kind of feel like that would be kind of fun just to be like, okay, we have all the money in the world to make a movie. No one cares how good it is. Like, imagine making The Room with $160 million, right? Yeah. Like, that would just be bonkers insane. I kind of feel like this is, yeah, it's kind of like the big budget older brother to, like, something as as wacky and just nonsensical. One thing I kind of wonder is if if they they had an editor that just wasn't saying no to Michael Bay. Because the scene... In which the Transformers are hiding from Sam Witwicky's parents, it goes on a real long time. Yeah, like a really long time. Like in in so many cuts back and forth between all oh, the Transformers are hiding. Oh, if something's you know Sam Witwicky's going to get caught, and it goes back and forth and back and, and forth. But that's I would say that's indicative of the entire movie. There mm-hmm. are large scenes, like chunks of scenes in this movie that go on way longer than they need to. Like, way past the point of necessity. Yeah, and some of them undermine themselves completely. Like, uh, there, there's a scene towards the, the climax of the film where Bumblebee's been injured. He doesn't have any legs left. Um, Michaela, Megan Fox's character, uh, puts him onto a, uh, a, a tow truck. And she's driving around the city trying to escape. And then she suddenly decides that um, she's going to get themselves back into the fight because she sees that uh, the military guys are having a tough time beating this this tank transformer. 
So she looks at Bumblebee and she says, I'll drive, you shoot, right? And and then the scene unfolds and like the the music kicks up and it like it's this rock music. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's and it's this. like and it's like yeah, shit's gonna go down, shit's gonna happen. Um, and then they just drive and they drive for like a good, I want to say ten to twenty seconds where nothing happens and you see Megan Fox drive and then you see the military guys having a tough time. Megan driving, military guys tougher time. Megan driving again and it's like and all this time this rock music that's supposed to indicate that like cool things are going on is still playing and it so it just like completely undermines the moment eventually like there's a there's a conflict and they beat the robot but like it it just doesn't work just because they didn't take the music cue properly yeah there there are my, my favorite scenes uh, in the movie where are where it basically goes from like perfect daylight to pitch black like in a, in like in a cut and this in happens a, this happens in the, at the start when they when they find the first uh when they find the first transformer like helicopter they're, they're escorting them he's like you're in restricted airspace yeah and the and like the, the fighter jets go to to intercept it and when it lands it's like lands and it's like it's nighttime uh i'm pretty sure there's a scene too where uh might even be a couple of scenes where like um, sam and michaela are driving around in bumblebee and it's daytime and all of a sudden uh oh big fight gotta happen gotta happen at night and all of a sudden it's like dark <laughs> when what looks like could be just like you know a couple minutes of real time is like sundown pitch black that sort of thing yeah there's a lot of there's a there's 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 very little continuity in everything in this movie the story the beats the plot like the um like the whole the whole thing with the cube about Everyone's hunting for this cube, and the movie ends with "Here's the cube, kills the bad guy, movie's over." Like, hold on a second, wait a second here. Um, a lot of things, yeah, a lot of stuff is just like really convenient, and uh, like the whole the whole thing of like uh, Sam Wickwicky's grandfather and his glasses. And there's like a message encoded in the glasses, and that the the message was shot into his glasses by Megatron's eye or something like that. And I don't know. Wasn't wasn't that message was like the map to where the cube was? Yeah. And then the cube ended up being uh, in Hoover Dam. Yeah. Was, is that what it was? Yeah. Or the other thing, my my. But it's like, like it was so complicated. It's just like this. Like this what? doesn't need to be this complicated. Um, may I point out that it's interesting to me that according to this movie, the. Uh, the source cube or whatever it is, the cube, the, the cube or the, the AllSpark. They yeah. gotta go back and forth. To the AllSpark uh, can turn any electronic device into a transformer, into a sentient transforming robot. Yeah, and they're all instantly homicidal. Yeah, so that means that the Autobots are actually the aberrations. Yeah, Transformers, according to this movie, are inherently violent monsters. Yeah. Never thought about that. Yeah. So I'm mm. just going to point out, there's a little bit of interesting lore for you. Apparently in their natural state, Transformers want to kill all humans. <laughs> and it's the Autobots who are actually the crazy ones. Ah, there we go. <laughs> because they don't want to kill all humans. Yeah. So Well, not directly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the Autobots suggests it. <laughs> That's actually true. Ironsides straight up threatens to kill the Witwickies because they're annoying. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Transformers hate humans as much as Michael Bay does. Yeah. 
Uh, my first cut to this movie, by the way, is Michael Bay. Oh, there yeah, we go. Literally yeah. let anyone else direct this movie. Yeah. Anybody else. Yeah. Name Carrot. a director. Carrot Top. I will accept <laughs> Carrot, yes. Top. Carrot Top should direct this movie. Um, because he couldn't have done much worse, is basically yeah. where I'm going with that. Michael Bay... Michael Bay gets a lot of hate. And some of it is probably... Well-earned. Well-earned. But some of it's probably not necessarily deserved. He's made a lot of movies that have made a lot of money. And some of them have actually been kind of half-decent. He has a visual style that's distinct, and it works in some cases, but it did not work here. This movie is way too busy. Way too busy in every shot, in every frame of every scene. There is stuff flying everywhere. There is so much going on in every instant that your eye can't even take it all in and yeah. it makes the movie very hard to follow as as much as the editing is yeah, a problem. and then there's the transformers well yeah and, and, and <laughs> but that's but that's true yeah. as much as you guys were just talking about the editing the composition is just as just as indecipherable in this movie yeah. the movie is hard to follow because it's it's hard to watch it's like watching a puzzle box yeah you can't take it all in all at once and the fact that it's also two and a half hours long makes it worse because it's just so interminably long. Yeah. You're worn out by halfway through the movie just because of the visual pummeling you've been taking. Yeah. And the audio pummeling too. Like, yeah, let's be like it's, it's really, it's actually really rare that like, a, like characters aren't talking over one another. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of constant throughout the movie. And, uh, and really, and, really fast too. Really fast, really obnoxious. Like there's, there, like everyone's yelling. All the time, and the only the only person that doesn't seem to be yelling all the time is is Megan Fox. Yeah, everyone yeah, she's else. The, honestly, she's like the one sensible character in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and the and the um, uh, the CIA um, uh, computer tech. Oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah. she's pretty normal too. So 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 it turns out that like the women are all the most sensible characters, even though this is male gaze the movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't take credit for that. Someone else. <laughs> I can't remember who said that, but yeah. Uh, Greg, what would you cut? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I started by cutting the director. So I I, I mean I, I've mentioned it a couple times already. So the the the. The whole plot surrounding the grandfather and the glasses, I did not like. I did not like the introduction to the Transformers as is. Um, and the Transformers show up in this movie way too late. Uh, so I, I just think, I just found like the whole, the glasses thing was just so, I don't know. It just it felt like there was a much easier way to get um, Sam and the Transformers together. Yeah, there's four different plot threads going on in this movie. And I feel like two of them could probably go. Yeah, the problem is see. I don't know which two. Oh, really? See, my see, my first cut is so long. Thanks for coming. Uh, the Josh Dumichel, uh Tyrese Gibson, or Josh Dumichel and Tyrese Gibson. Yeah. Get, get, rid of, get rid of that whole yeah. plot with, like, the U.S. Army, like, you know, recruitment ad sort of thing. Apparently, apparently the looking up and kind of, like, reading uh, some of the Wikipedia stuff, that was very much a... Michael Bay insert that he wanted to add all that stuff that actually the core movie was originally just supposed to be Sam, Sam. and the, and the boy and his robots and that whole stuff and, and even when you think about it when you by the time you get to the end of the movie you like that's kind of like you forget that they're there yeah. right you can also reduce the runtime of this movie quite a bit by cutting out 
both you, the army guys and the yeah, CIA that hacking would, crew. You, you'd probably if you if you took out if you if you edited out just the the whole that whole that whole like the you the armed forces stuff. You, you probably still lose have the, forty minutes. You still have the Section Seven people show up partway through the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but that they're tied in. I think more with the Samwit Wiki plot than yeah, with any yeah. of the other. Oh yeah, ones. for yeah. sure so, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I feel like if if uh, if anyone out there is like uh, you know if they're you know they're they're hobby editors, I would like to see an edit of this movie that actually has that whole that whole stuff just just, just to right see out. how it looks. Yeah, just to see how it looks and feels. I, I I think you can also like rearrange that the CIA um, hacking folks. Yeah, marry them into Sam's story a little bit, just so that. Well, they... Sam is a college student, so he could have some college computer buddies who help him out. Yeah, yeah. I have some. He's a high school. No, they're seventeen in this movie. It's like they're like grade eleven in this. Gross. I have some fairly. I have some fairly large changes that we'll talk about in the next half that will uh, that will address some of this. But like, yeah, like uh, my my ideal version of this movie like would not save a whole lot from what's currently there. I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay, I have I have three other okay, kind of good. pseudo cuts, but they're also kind of points. Number okay. one, uh, I'd cut the look of the Transformers. Okay, that's that, that's where I was thinking. I was I'd thinking. make them closer to their actual uh, cartoon G one incarnations, the way that they apparently went with the Bumblebee movie, which full disclosure I have not seen. Yeah, uh, but everyone praised them for how they looked in that movie, and yeah. they were more in tune with their original look. Part of the reason for that is because then they're immediately recognizable by your target audience. Yeah. And number two is that it also say what you will about their original looks, but they're they're very iconic because they're very clean appearances. All the Transformers are visually distinctive just from their shape. Yes. And if you're looking at a at a complicated action scene, you can immediately identify who everyone is just by the colors and how they look. And you you can't really get that with their current really like overly complicated pixelated appearances in this movie it, it's yeah. again it's it's visual noise that is hard to process and i think that that is um that's more of a change i suppose but cutting how they look is is one thing i would do yeah um oh sorry Grant. i'm just like getting a quick addendum to that it just on the transformers like uh i would also cut uh how the level of violence the uh the autobots I- exhibit <laughs> like the the well, vision again, the it, visual this movie of, does establish that transformers are inherently the, homicide. I know, I know. So, like the the visual of Optimus Prime like taking out his his big uh, knife and like stabbing another transformer in the neck and then like violently twisting off his head is just like it just made me feel uncomfortable. And and I and I know that because Optimus Prime is supposed to be kind of like a paragon. Yeah, he's supposed to be a hero. Not really what a hero uh, does. If that bothers you, don't watch the later films because that's that <laughs> oh gets, yeah. That gets, I know it gets way worse. I actually, yeah, I think that actually happened in Revenge of the Fallen. Or actually, later in, in the later films, Optimus Prime literally says, "Let's kill them all" at one point. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, cool hero, awesome. Um, there's yeah, there's one of the movies where like Leonard Nimoy is like the yep. bad guy, and I think in that movie he like. He begs kills, for mercy, doesn't he? he? Yeah, like he kills. Yeah, he kills Megatron. They team up to fight him. He kills Megatron, basically saying either impa- either impaling or running it through his chest. And then I think he shoots like Sentinel Prime in the head, like when he's like, "No mercy," and he's like, "No bang." I'm like, "What's happening here? What's going on?" Yeah, especially like he, like even and even like even in this movie, they really without really telling you why. 
they really send up Optimus Prime as being the like he's a hero, and it's like he speaks nice, he's got the cool voice, but yeah, but it's like you don't really his really... actions don't match the yeah no there's the nothing there's nothing I, I would argue that the Transformers aren't characters in this movie no like they're 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 just there they're and yeah, like the, the props the... to the plot yeah yeah um. Two things that bug me about the plot toward the end of the movie that I would cut. The fight in the city is one of them. Because they're like, why'd oh, they, God, we got it. Why'd they go there? <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got this cube that giant killer robots are after. Where should we take it? We should take it into the middle of the nearest inhabited city. Someone literally says, that's a good idea. <laughs> like, w- What? All of the people who were involved in that should should now be on trial for crimes I'm pretty against them. Sure. I'm pretty sure. Because they, they literally put a city in danger. There are giant killer robots coming after this thing, so instead of driving it out to the middle of the desert, we're going to take it into the middle See? of an inhabited city. We're not even going to warn anybody that it's coming. Like, we're not evacuating the city. We're just going to drive it into the, like, in the middle of, like, rush hour, in the middle of business time, and then the giant killer robots can show up and just shoot everybody. Who cares? Uh, I think that's. I think Josh Dumahel's character suggests that. So in my edit, where he's not in it, that should hopefully never yeah. happen. But I think even more to absurd, the the logic was, let's take the cube. We have to get out of here and protect the cube, which was being stored in the Hoover Dam, <laughs> which was pretty safe for butchers till the Decepticons showed up. We're gonna take it. Uh, give it to Sam, who's going to run it to that tall building so the military can save him because they can protect it, where you've already clearly established that, like... The military is impotent against these giant robots. Yeah, like, they, like that was how the whole thing started, was that they got their network hacked, they got they got bases blown up. It's like... Yeah. Mm. And why couldn't a helicopter go and pick him up in the middle of the desert? Yeah. yeah. Just as easily as in the middle of an inhabited city where well, we're they, putting th- thousands, possibly millions of people in danger. Also, well, they said that they were going to like get, they're going to hide it in the city and then they made no attempt to do so. And well, then, and then even, they're like, we got to get this thing out of the city. Yeah. Even if you're <laughs> planning on hiding it in the city, I mean, why <laughs> the giant killer robots are going to come and decimate the city, an inhabited city with human people inside of it. Again, Proof Michael Bay hates people. <laughs> um, and then the last one is, at the end of the movie, they talk about how they've taken the carcasses of all the Decepticons and thrown them in the Marianas Trench yeah. uh, in order to cover all this up. How are you covering up the giant robot battle that happened at rush hour in the middle of a major American city? Oh, yeah, yeah. In yeah. a time when people on screen have cell phones they're taking videos with. Yeah. Like they they do that earlier on when the when the Autobots show up. Yeah. So that's a thing that happens. And if you think there aren't people who are hanging around going, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen, taking pictures of Megatron and Optimus Prime fighting in the middle of a city and posting it on the internet the next like an hour later, you're wrong. Like <laughs> That there's no way they can cover up the giant robot fight that yeah. took place. So why are they covering it up? Why are they suggesting they can cover it up? Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm also cutting like, that. At the like end, at the, the end, it should just be Transformers are real. There's some good guy Transformers. They're here to help us against the bad guy Transformers. <laughs> this is the future now, yeah. people. Or, or, well, your, or in your your version, these ones over here will 100 percent kill you. These ones, the Autobots. 
78%. Yeah. We're still like 50, we're pretty 50. sure they're not all they're they're not they're not super friendly. I mean even, that one even that one's threatened to kill me today. Isn't but. isn't like even when like when Bumblebee gets captured and the other Autobots are like Optimus, shouldn't we save him? And he's like, nah. Like, yeah, like there there's there's a hero there it's a heroism in this that the Autobots are kind of lacking. So yes. <laughs> Decepticons will kill you. Autobots might kill you. See the, the this the movie kind of starts starts off where you would, or sorry it ends where you think it should actually start off because it ends with like oh the transformers are like you know they're on earth and nobody knows they're there and they can transform and disguise themselves and stuff like that right but like the the conceit of the of the of the original cartoon was like the autobots crash landed on earth and they were stuck there and they didn't have sufficient sources of energy to to keep themselves sustained so they had to they the like there was a war over like the two over resources yeah yeah over resources um you know which would have maybe been a, a good parallel for michael bay to take considering that during this time the iraq war was going on and all this stuff about like going into a, invading a, a foreign country for their energy reserves like it was kind of like kind the of like <laughs> have come to earth to steal our energy yeah yeah exactly and the autobots are here to stop them yeah so there because was the autobots 70 percent like you <laughs> yeah so there was a way to reflect real life in there somewhere but like yeah. i guess whatever but like <laughs> so I suppose if like this movie was done in concert with the military, they may not uh, take lightly to uh, to the military being seen oh, as an no, invasion for sure. force. But yeah. like there is like, an arm of American imperialism. <laughs> there was uh, yeah, like apparently there like there was a, a fair bit amount of like vehicles and aircraft which normally do not get shot and put in movies were yeah. granted the green light. Even like um, like. Like actual soldiers were extras and all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah, so there was a lot of, but shaking hands and that sort of thing. So. To finish my point on that, like in, in the in the cartoon, because they don't have enough energy, like there's a reason for them to to run around disguising themselves because you know they don't they don't want to they don't want to necessarily take on the entirety of humanity and 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 go and go to war with them or anything like that. You know, it's like there's a there's there's at least a reason for them to be there disguising themselves. Whereas uh, in this movie, there's not really a particular reason for it. The Decepticons are, I mean, the Transformers are pretty powerful. Like they don't like couldn't they have just been just robots running around, stomping around, just taking whatever they wanted whenever yeah, they wanted? Certainly, the Decepticons don't seem. Like, the human military doesn't seem like that much of a match to the Decepticons, even up until, like, the climax of the film. Yeah. So yeah. there's no reason the Decepticons couldn't have just been running around, just like, throwing their weight, like, General Zodding the place. Yeah. And having the president kneel before Megatron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the Autobots show up and fight them. So, yeah, I feel like maybe you're right. Maybe there should have been a better explanation or reason as to why they needed to be in disguise. Yeah. I like it. Or we're crafting the thinking man's transformer. <laughs> well, we've already put a hundred percent more thought into this movie than, <laughs> than a lot of people did. That's that is one hundred that is a hundred percent correct. Uh, we're gonna take a little bit of a break, and then we're we're gonna make the best Transformers movie you'll never watch. The Edmonton Community Foundation is proud to present the Well Endowed Podcast. Join hosts Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink as they explore the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. They also tell the stories of how endowments, created by the Edmonton Community Foundation, intersect with the community. Catch the show every two weeks at thewellendowedpodcast.com. 
Perch the Podcast, hosted by Rob Roach of ATB's economics and research team, connects with experts, influencers, and big thinkers who are shaping our province. Each series connects the topic of the most recent episode of Perch, a research publication produced by ATB. Learn more by visiting atb.com slash perch. Okay, welcome back. We're rehydrated. Uh, we've taken some smelling salts <laughs> after our brain's been numbed by talking about uh, Transformers. Uh, now we're going to try to make it better, which... Now that I think about it, considering this movie so bad, wouldn't take that much to make it better. This is pretty much a rock bottom type of film. Well, uh, we've already fired Michael Bay, so it's like yeah, there we it's go. At least 50% clean slate, clean slate. Uh, who wants to go first with some with some changes? Well, I think my change involves um, changing the very beginning of the film, so okay. maybe I'll give it a because I would like to have a beginning of the movie that's a little bit closer to the beginning of the cartoon in which the uh, Transformers have crash-landed uh, on Earth in mm-hmm. a battle with one another. Okay. Um, I said earlier that I liked the visual of um, Megatron being found under the ice in the Arctic, and I thought, well, uh, maybe more interesting to have um, Sam Witwicky and his father on an expedition. So we, we toss the grandfather bit out, mm-hmm. and it's the two of them that are on an expedition together you know, they end up finding these Transformers by accident yeah. uh, r- uh, rather than the sort of like weird, complicated plot. And, you know, the, the uh, you know, we could, y- you can introduce um, some of the CIA characters in there as being part of the, uh, the expedition so that there's sort of like this, this un- uh, secret element to it that like they're coming along uh, because they they know they have an idea that what might be under the ice or something like that or you know something like that. I just I just didn't I just didn't love that plot and I and I and I always thought that like the the Transformers being uh, on Earth for thousands and thousands of years was kind of cool and it plays into the whole thing where they're like they're lost and trapped. Right? Yeah. But and, and I like the idea that they're not only lost and trapped, but they're lost and trapped, encased with each other, uh, uh, with their own enemies, right? Yeah. Like in the cartoon, they crash land in a, in the prehistoric era, uh, into a mountain after uh, Megatron and his cronies have boarded their ship and they're and they're fighting, and then they just like crash land into the into a volcano or whatever, and then they're just they, everyone. All the Transformers shut down for thousands of years until they're reawoken years and years later. Hmm. Yeah. So I want something similar to that. I like that because it introduces the Transformers right away. Yeah. Um, as opposed to an hour into the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want them, or at least some of them, other than just Bumblebee but only as a car, Yeah. Uh, in the movie earlier on. Yeah, I mean, there can be some sort of like B plot where the the you know there are some Transformers who are who have come in long search of the Transformers that were that were lost ages ago. You know, like perhaps you know the the Transformers were battling over the Allspark and then and they left and the Autobots Autobots tried to get away from Cybertron with the Allspark. Megatron was in pursuit. 
they crash land and and the in like Decepticons like Starscream have been have been combing the universe looking for wherever they had fallen. Ring. Uh, that actually gave me a great plot idea. Great. A great structural plot idea, at least. Okay. Um, so Sam and his dad and the uh, and Section 7 uh, find the, the Ark, if we're going by the actual mm-hmm, names mm-hmm. from the cartoon. And the they're like, one. oh, there's giant robots here who are deactivated and encased in ice. And we need to, like, quarantine this area. And we need to figure out what's going on. Like, nobody touch anything. Because we don't want giant robots to wake up and start killing all humans. We don't understand the context of what's going on here. We don't understand what these things are. They're aliens. They're aliens. We need to keep keep the public away. But they Sam does touch something. And it activates like a beacon or something. And some of the Decepticons who have been looking for Megatron all this time are like, "Oh, we've just we got a ping. Let's go check that out." They show up and they reactivate the rest of the Decepticons. Yeah. So now there's a threat. Like, the Decepticons are active, and they're like, hey, we're trapped here, but we've got this sweet planet full of energy that we can use, so let's do that. And so now the the good guys, Section 7 and Sam and his dad, have to make the hard call. Well, these are obviously the enemies of these other robots that we found. Do we risk activating them to help us? Will they help us? (gasps) Beep! And they do, and hey, Transformers is happening. So there you go. At least structurally, that makes some sense. There's there's the initial discovery. We can learn a little bit about them. And then the threat begins. The yeah. threat being that the Decepticons now are on their way. And they're going to reactivate the rest of the Decepticons. And then the Earth is now Decepticon land. Like, we, they are our masters. We can't fight them. But these other robots might be able to fight them. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a, I'm suddenly getting all these Transformers flashbacks from when I was like seven. <laughs> Wasn't that the recurring plot in the cartoon where it was like the Decepticons were going after an oil refinery? Yeah, they're they, going after a solar wind farm and yeah. stuff because they're trying to make the cube the pink energon cubes. cubes. Yeah, yeah. Because they're there's an energy deficit because they're trapped on Earth. Yeah. And they need more energy so that they can get back to Cybertron and take that place back over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the Autobots are constantly trying to stymie their plans because while they're on Earth, they're kind of neutered a little bit. Yeah. And they're, they can handle them there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, in the, in the, in the Transformers lore, um, like the, the, the Autobots were like the worker bots. Yeah. And the, the Decepticons were like the military wing. Okay. Right, and they and they sort of evolved from there, and 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 then they began to to war with each other. So like, the 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 Autobots weren't inherently warlike. Yeah. They had to sort of like learn to be warriors because they were defending themselves. Whereas the the, the Decepticons were hungry for power and uh, and were very very uh, militaristic. See, now I feel bad because I was because I'd made the comment earlier, and my thought even going into the podcast was it's not like the source material is like Shakespeare. This sounds like Shakespeare as compared to what we got. Like this actually well, makes like somewhat coherent sense. To be fair, it, it it was pretty simplistic to start, and it's over the course of the series they kind of refined it a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like you have that history to draw on, and there's no reason not to, especially when you're making a nostalgia movie targeted at the people who watched that. And say what you will about the making of this movie. That was their target audience. They oh, were sure. banking on people who watched the cartoon to take their kids and bring them to watch this movie. Yeah. And not not taking that history into account and not drawing upon that story was kind of a missed opportunity, I would say. Yeah. 
And I would argue that, like, by introducing the Transformers earlier, you have even more opportunity for all the explosions that Michael Bay could ever possibly want. Yeah. Rather than rather than having like some like a, a couple weird goofy uh, car chases and Sam Witwicky um, on his pink bicycle <laughs> being chased by Bumblebee, Be, and being further emasculated <laughs> yeah. in front of Megan Fox. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, you, when you, yeah, you, and you take you take away all the, like the first forty five minutes of U.S. Army versus like Scorpion Robot, right? Scorpionock. Scorpionock. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I think that makes sense because it's like that we're here to see the giant robots. Like, give show us, us the giant robots. Yeah. Um, I also thought like you. Uh, there's an interesting opportunity that if uh, to add some character moments for Sam if he's you know if he's on this sort of expedition with his his father. Um, you know, maybe the. Uh, his father is a is a is a real loves his loves his work and his son's only kind of there yeah so you get that sort of built-in conflict where 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 sam is is not really he's not really interested in in his father's work and 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 he's kind of defiant which leads into the idea that like he touches something and turns on the on the transformers because he's just like suddenly gets down into this whole new world and and he kind of uh embraces it quicker than everybody else he's more he's more interested in finding out what it's all about and, and kind of stuff whereas everybody he's not as con- he, he's not as cautious. initially afraid of it yeah yeah he's more intrigued by it yeah he's more he's more of like a he's more of like a dreamer i guess yeah and uh you know and his and his father's all business-like so you get like some uh some uh conflict between the two of them right which gives you an interpersonal conflict to carry through the story so that by the end of the of the story sam's father has to like put faith in sam right and and and, and, and accept that he's his own person and that and that he shouldn't be discounted for his ideas off. Right. And and, yeah. and Sam's journey would be more one of um learning more responsibility and to take things seriously, I guess, the way, right? Yeah. The, they, like, they, actions they, have consequences. Father and son need to meet in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Kind of, yeah. Right. Are we keeping the all cube spark thing? Rubrics? I think it works as a good MacGuffin for for the reason for the Transformers to be there. Sure. Um and, and something for both the Decepticons and the and the Transformers to be to be fighting and chasing over. It could be the you know it can be the one thing that would would help the Decepticons be- get back to Cybertron. Um, and and the uh, the Autobots are desperately trying to keep it out of their hands. I would probably cut the part where it turns everything into Transformers. I think that's pretty stupid. Yeah, especially I mean, in- instantly homicidal. I realize that yes. I realize I'm saying that in a movie about. You know, robots that transform into cars, and that's inherently silly. But like, I don't know, there's levels. <laughs> I would, I would also point out that so when the when the cube kind of goes bonkers and turns like the Mountain Dew machine into a robot, uh, like a killer Mountain Dew machine, and even like the, the woman's car, I never really go back to that. So I mean, for so as far as we know, there's still the Mountain Dew robot running around, and like the you know. The oh lab, yeah, the, those the girls in that in that tr- truck are almost certainly dead. Yes. Now, would every pop can be also transformed into a robot? Well, no, because they're not. Or, no, that was like yeah. The but what's the, what is the defining characteristic of a machine? Because like you know, like the, it does have a lever, and it does like each pop can has a lever, and it Pretty pops sure open. Is great. that that's mechanical, right? Scott's sort of? pop can just moved just a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of weirding me out. 
Um, it just seems kind of arbitrary. To can, be fair, it is one of those dancing pop cans. Can, can I? Can sunglasses. I? Can I? Uh, can I add something in here? Can no. We, can, can we? Can we give the robots laser guns, please? Can we take can we take the missiles and the and the shooty bullets and the things with metal casings yeah. and give them lasers? That's my big beef. Lasers he, can still cause explosions. They can exactly, and they make funner noises. They're cooler to look at. That's me. That's my my seven year old. Yeah, there's a kind of a trend in Hollywood to sort of take away lasers in some sense. Yeah, like they they did that in the in the the Star Trek reboot where there were no phasers. They were more like phaser guns. Yeah, yeah. And, and I I think I think it's because uh, probably because filmmakers like the 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 impact of a of a projectile like that that is it's a it's a satisfying sound and a, and and maybe just. If you're doing like a visual and sound design, it's just like this just works better. This has more impact when someone gets hit by a projectile. You, you know, it's yeah. But and that doesn't mean it's not to be done. I, I'm I'm with you. I think I think the the, the laser guns are kind of cool, uh, and they were more projectile lasers in Transformers, as I recall. Kind of, they were more like blasters, like yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, style. Star Wars yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was I was complaining to Scott during the break that like. Like yeah, so in in the time when Transformers comes out, it's a cartoon. This is still a universe where Star Wars is a thing and Star Trek's a thing, and lasers are cool. And then for the course of like sci-fi, as we get into like the 21st century, the robots stay, the aliens stay, the ships stay. And I'm thinking like all the video games, like um, like Halo and those things. Yes. <laughs> Scott, you know, make- Colin. Yes. I'm gonna ask you a very important question at this time. Yes. Who was the Transformers cartoon aimed at? Was aimed, was aimed at we young lads. Yes. Now, why do you think they might all shoot lasers in a cartoon aimed at we little lads? Because they make noises. They go pew pew <laughs> and they're bright and shiny. <laughs> and also, they're not guns, which are violent and yes. raise the rating on the cartoon. <laughs> right? In the 80s, that was an actual concern. That's why in like Every cartoon you watch from the 80s, no one shoots a gun. Everyone right. has a laser. Right. The G.I. Like, Joes had lasers, too, right? G.I. Joes had lasers. The, the, lasers? the Ninja okay. Turtles had lasers. Like, everyone yeah. was shooting lasers because a gun was a no-no right. in a cartoon aimed at kids. But lasers were A-OK. Right. Because lasers are just... <laughs> Are yeah. just like sci-fi tech. It's, it's yeah. pew pew lasers. Yeah, but that, but, but, that was, but that was an actual consideration. I'm not okay. saying that to poo poo the idea of of pew pews <laughs> in the, in our Transformer movie. Yeah, I think we just found our new catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the T-shirt Remember, right there. Yeah. Remember to poo poo the pew pews. Uh, I'm not trying to do that though. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that 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 was an actual reason why okay. you often saw lasers in right. kids' cartoons. Yeah, which makes sense. To, to, because it's it sanitized the violence basically. Yeah. yeah. So is that something? So is that something? Even in, in in our fixed version, do you want to keep the the missiles and the bullets and the casings, or do you want to go like more? Is it weird that I'd be okay if the Decepticons had missiles and bullets, but the Autobots should have lasers? No. I think that that's. I think that that's an interesting that storytelling seem, that style. That they're, like, more violent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's... A, and because they are machines of war. I think that's an interesting, like, visual as shorthand, if, as too. If they, as if the, the Autobots fashioned their weapons out of tools that they had at their disposal. And not only that, but it makes the Decepticons seem more inherently violent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because think, their weapons have more impact and cause more explosions. Yeah, yeah. I think and, I like and the, the Autobots have, like, like pew, they're shooting light. It's great. I yeah, like I think that. that's a really good idea. I think that's idea. a solid idea. I feel like we didn't fix this movie so much as we came up with an entirely different pitch. 
Well, that's almost kind of what you need to do with this. Movie. Yeah. Like, it's hard to pick apart. This movie's not like string cheese, where you can just peel off one of the plots and the rest of the movie is coherent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a shame because, again, it's got two plots too many. But yeah. And that's why I said in the first half, I don't know which two plots to jettison even, because even, because it 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 leaves huge holes in the rest of the film. Even if even if you take out like if you took out the 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 U.S. Army stuff, the desert stuff, and even like the hacker subplot, if you even take those out and just focus on it's Sam, it's Michaela, it's Section Seven, and it's the the robots at Hoover Dam, it's still a bad movie. It's just now shorter. Yeah. What did they? Uh, what did our listeners have to say? We got, about this uh, we guy? got a nice little uh, a variety of, of, uh, of people who uh, commented in. Uh, if you want to uh, leave us your own notes for the podcast, whether you want to poo poo the pew pews or not, <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and even if you do that, we'll let you know what movie's coming on, so you can get your notes just like these fine folks. Uh, Jeff says Transformers could be a version of of the fast movies to that of How Did This Get Made? Every Transformers, all the notes. Yeah, we're not, I don't know if we're doing that, Jeff. I mean, he wants us to do every single Transformer movie uh, the way that I, uh, How Did This Get Made does every Fast and the Furious movie. I don't know if I can sit through all those. Well, not only that, but, I mean, are we now writing uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen as a sequel to the movie we just pitched? Yeah. Like, we're we're delving... No. Basically, <laughs> Jeff is asking us to do a podcast of fan, of Transformers fan fiction. Yes. And I'm not comfortable doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. That is a separate. That is a separate podcast. We'd have to get that approved, and we don't. I don't want to do that. There, there are papers you have to sign. Yes, there'd be. Yeah. So, um, but thank you, Jeff. Uh, David said, "Is this going to be a ten-hour episode? It could be. It very well. Yeah, we could barely be. scratched. The yeah, surface. minute minute by minute to re uh, rewrite. Uh, our good friends just to get through the cuts. I think just to name yeah. everything we would want to cut would take yeah. quite a while. Uh, our good friend uh, Cinematological, uh, first of all, says he has six points. Number one, how dare you? In all ca- capital letters. <laughs> I love that our listeners have like." catchphrases like yes. he, like cinematological always says I, how dare you then uh, we have the 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 rock is perfect from nathan martin yeah uh <laughs> it should have been on battleship uh i was actually going to mention that because uh, i was because i was on cinematological's podcast talking about battleship yeah. and how we talked about how battleship is sort of a ripoff of transformers but i would argue battleship 100 times the movie that transformers it kind of is it's way better <laughs> it is a better transformers movie than transformers is even though nothing really transforms except the little spiky balls. But anyway, um, Megan Fox deserved a character to play. I would argue she actually is the only character in the movie. I actually straight up agree with Colin on that. I think she is the the best, most fleshed out character in this movie. She's uh, she's like she's obviously the pretty girl, but she doesn't. She kind of establishes early on that she's not just like some old ghost. When her other boyfriend's like, just go sit in the back. She's like, no, I'm out of here. Leaves. Finds out that she's actually like a mechanic, knows her stuff about cars, find out she has a juvenile record because she used to go steal cars with her dad. She's the most interesting person in this movie. <laughs> she's also the most sensible character in the movie. Like time and again, she's the one who's not just like throwing their weight around or acting like a like a total yeah, jerk. Yeah. Sam Sam gets in trouble. She gets like the tool to cut the, the little uh, tiny little uh, transformer in half. She rigs up Bumblebee to kind of drive backwards into the fight to let him blow stuff up. She's the best character in this movie. Yeah, no, yeah. I would I would agree. She's not a weak character. And I think that a lot of people have the impression that she is because, again, male gaze the movie. 
But yeah. that actually undermines the fact that she's actually a fairly well fleshed out character. Yeah, Probably has, one of the better has, ones in the she film. Does, she does have some agency. And, and, she has know. more agency than some of the male characters. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, also is the only one to have gotten fired from this franchise because she called Michael Bay Hitler. <laughs> she's the hero of this whole franchise. And she gets dumped on because, yeah. oh, she's Megan Fox. No, her character's the best. And she stood up to him as like, no, you're a terrible person. And I don't like working for you and got fired. Yeah. Yeah. She should be celebrated. I've seen interviews with Megan Fox. Like uh, uh, Diablo Cody used to have like a, like a, a like a interview show um, that was actually pretty good. And, and she interviewed Megan Fox. She's quite down to earth. And, and I was one of those dumbasses who used to pile on Megan Fox because she was like an easy target. And I feel bad about that because that was a, that was a shitty thing to do. And she didn't deserve it. Megan Fox. I know that you're listening because you're a big fan of our podcast. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And uh, not only, th- of course, thank you for listening, but also, <laughs> we got your back on this one. Yeah. You are you are unfairly maligned for this film when you were one of the best parts of it. By the way, this is another example of like a movie like introducing a, a plot element and then uh, that doesn't really marry to the rest of the plot. Like if Megan Fox is has like this background where she used to steal cars and that... And she has a line where she says to Sam uh, something about like how how would you you how would you know anything like you you have a perfect life or whatever like you need to be you need to set up that contrast between you, those two characters like Sam Wiki should be like a spoiled brat or something like that yeah you know in in order to set up that contrast a little bit more well it also I feel like her skill with cars doesn't really pay off either yeah like, she, like early on she looks at Bumblebee's engine and she's like wow that's pretty impressive and she like names off half the parts on it right off the top of her tongue yeah and later in the movie i mean she drives a a tow truck with him attached to it but i feel like she she should have like rigged up something to fix bumblebee so that he could get back in the fight that would have been the payoff to her skills as a mechanic right like like she like straps something to to his legs so that and gets it working quickly so that he can run back out into the fight yeah that would have been sweet yeah 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 i think so yeah megan fox here we go the hero the hero Megan Fox. The hero of Transformers. The hero of, tra- of Transformers is Megan Fox. Uh, going on, simil- cinematological says uh, he wants either less sweat or way more sweat, whichever, whichever, which we want to go. Also, less racism. Yeah. Yeah, we never really touched on jazz. Yeah. He is a character in this film <laughs> who is black stereotype the character. And then he dies pretty much instantly. Yeah. Um, it's not. A super good look. Yeah. And uh, apparently, uh, it gets even worse in the next <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's also not a very good look. So, um, do, do, do better, Hollywood? Yeah. Do better? Yeah. Basically. Not, uh, not great. Uh, or, or friend of the podcast, and now part of the podcast, uh, Danica says, uh, replace Bay with a director that respects women. Yes. We've that was our, <laughs> literally our first cut. <laughs> We're on board with that. Uh, Nathan says there are moments that work in this movie that the actors can be funnier for sure. Uh, it sometimes dips into overly childish. My biggest head bonk about changes, not just the redesign, which are okay ish is the hiding, uh, in the cartoon, which, uh, go back and watch it now. It isn't great. The trans transformers never hid from humans. They work together. They couldn't really hide because you know, giant robots, uh, also mentions as fun as this movie is, it feels like two movies crammed into one. 
One movie is Sam and his robot, and the other is secret military that matters somehow to save the fact that The Rock is perfect. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, Nathan. The Rock is perfect. <laughs> All that said, if when you want to go to part two, I'll share one of the funniest criticisms I've heard someone make of that film. I don't know if we'd ever want to go to Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, yeah, Nathan, just just send us send us that, uh, that thing you want to tell us. Yeah, we'll, we'll share. We'll have a good laugh about it, because... God help us, we're probably never going to get to the same. No, this no, I've got no desire. Uh, unless, unless we're doing... Unless again, we're, again, unless uh, we're doing our Transformers fan no, fiction. Product. Unless we're doing, I have some notes presents the works of Megan Fox. Um, Evan says, I, I mean, it's the second strongest Transformers film. Um, yeah, but again, that's a low bar. Bumber, Bumblebee blows it away, apparently. Why the redesigns? Well, pretty- wait, 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 because there, there was an animated movie that was really good. I think the animated we, 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 movie is probably the best Transformer thing that's ever existed. But we like can you even count it? Can you even mention it in the same breath? Like it's as it's comparing apples and oranges because it's animated? Well, yeah. And it's also like it's it's made with a completely different design aesthetic. It's made with a completely different uh intent. Like there it's I would argue that they are both movies and it does count and it is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shut you down pretty quick there. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would say it's comparing here's, apples. Here's and what I would say. I I loved that movie when I was a kiddo. I rewatched it when I was in like when I was a grown up and was like, "Ooh, that did not uh does not age well." This uh, is crazy. Are you, are you, are you I, I've watched this several times in my, in my Are you yeah, suggesting that age. the dulcet tones of weird Al Yankovic <laughs> uh somehow don't make a movie an instant I, uh, I'm not saying that. I would never say that about, uh, about Sir Weird Al. And it's Orson uh, Welles' last movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. Orson Welles got to eat. Um, so Evan uh, says, why the redesigns? I'm pretty okay with it, but it's kind of what the entire toy line of film was based upon is known for. So, yeah, I, I know they're, they're, they did have some logic is to, to kind of redesign them because they wanted them to look more alien and, and yeah. uh, that sort of stuff. But what, they're Transformers, right? Uh, also, male gaze everywhere. Sorry, Megan Fox. That, p- that particular element did not age well. Again, Megan Fox is the best character in this movie. Uh, leave her alone. <laughs> this, this has now become Transformers Defenders of Megan Fox. Um, Andrew says, that Designs were atrocious. The story was way too big and widespread. The voice work was iffy. Peter Cullen, but not Frank Welker? Question mark. Frank uh, Welker is the Welker, voice yeah. actor for Megatron. Yeah. The oh, okay. He was, not, he was not in the movie? He was no. not invited. Oh, really? uh, technically, uh, neither was... Um, Peter Weller? Yeah. He was not originally invited either. And the fan outcry was so intense that they kind of backtracked on it and asked oh, if he would be Optimus, in the film. Uh, Optimus Prime? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prime but, they, but they did not extend the same courtesy to Frank Welker, which is sad. Did oh, they? Yeah, yeah. Bay, Bay thought his voice didn't fit, so he chose Hugo Weaving instead. Um, where were we here? Oh yeah, uh, focusing on Sam was a mistake because while human interaction is important, the focus should be on the Transformers, be- which the cartoon got right. Sector Seven was completely silly. The whole music video gawking women thing was off-putting. Uh, where what was that in? Where was that? Music video? Where was that? I think maybe he's just referring to like the visual style. Okay, it's yeah, very maybe. music video. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, Bumblebee as a cameo, uh, as a Camaro. Sorry. Uh, jazz getting killed. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, the whole AllSpark plotline. Did I miss anything? Nope. That's pretty <laughs> much it. You pretty much just <laughs> mentioned like, the whole movie. All of these things we don't like, which is all of these things. Basically, this would have been better as a 22-minute animated series set in the 80s. What? <laughs> uh, there actually are. There not like there have been actually been subsequent 
Transformer. Oh, so many, not. Like so many. They've kind of re- rehashed it, rebuilt it, rebooted. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go look up on, up on YouTube. Um, um, just just Google, just a uh, dude YouTube search for um, Transformer theme songs, and you will get a uh, a collection of about an hour. Oh man. <laughs> of of different versions of uh, of Transformer cartoons theme songs. Um, yeah. Anything uh, anything else we missed before we wrap up? Oh, I'll, I mean, we missed so much. Yeah, because it would take another five hours <laughs> to get through this. But like we could do an entire season just on. But for now, the we're done. Maybe we'll do Transformers Part Two down the road. No, but it, no, but no. here's the thing: when Greg says that, he doesn't mean I don't we mean would be the, watching the sequel. He means we would be revisiting Transformers. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and doing it again. Yeah, yeah, Oy. yeah, Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that kind of wraps it up for us. Um, if you want to follow along uh, with the show, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on I Have Some Notes. Uh, if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, Scott C. Bourgeois, where can people find what you do? And you've got other things that you work on. Yeah, I'm online at Scotty Bomb. Uh, if you want to check me out on Twitter, uh, I've also got a couple other podcasts on the go, most notably uh, the Read Along with my darling wife anita uh who has appeared on this show as well uh you can uh hear us read through a book a chapter at a time right now we're reading moonshine by jasmine gower uh so yeah give it uh give us a listen if you're interested there you go greg beaver where can people find you i think i'm only doing the show at this point <laughs> I'm, I'm not really doing any i don't have any other projects i i, I uh, much like you i i kind of got rid of all my uh, my side mm-hmm. projects <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I am now only of uh, the I Have Some Notes podcast. The Long John Index is now wrapped up. Uh, if you want to find what I'm talking about doing stuff, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Colin in Edmonton, and also on the Instagrams at uh, the Colinium. I post some drawings and doodles and other weird, non-transformer related stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah, that about wraps up for us. Uh, we've got another episode coming out in two weeks. Undetermined full episode. Uh, yeah, so in the meantime, um, thanks for listening to the episode of the podcast. There's a million podcasts. We're uh, thankful and there we have uh, great grateful that you spent some time with us today. So thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Keep watching the sky. For cool. falling freaking robots. And Starscream. And Starscream. I was going to say. <laughs> Don't worry, Megan Fox will save us. <laughs>